Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. Presentation skills for managers by Kerry Garbus. Chapter 12, page 117. What if? Chapter 12, what if? This book has prepared you well. Through the rehearsal process, you've taken as many unknowns away from your presentation as possible. But even in the most prepared scenario, there are still lingering external unknowns we can't possibly have control over. This chapter addresses some of those external what-ifs and suggests how to best handle them. What if you need to acknowledge an issue to the crowd? Regardless of what that issue may be, there is an overarching key to handling anything, to handling anything that comes your way. Don't apologize to your audience. Remember, there aren't many don'ts in this book, so this must be important. When problems arise, You can confidently steer them in a different direction. You can highlight one piece of information more and give less time to another. You can take a quiet moment to deal with the technical hang-up before moving on, but apologizing will not present you in the best light. Audiences know things happen. We're, we're, we're all human. Most people are pretty forgiving, especially if you are honest with them about what's going on, and they don't feel like you're trying to cover anything up. They love to see someone succeed over adversity too. But don't confuse acknowledging an issue with begging forgiveness. Opt for kindly give me a moment while I deal with this gorilla that has just jumped on stage. Thank you for your patience. Rather than, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, or I'm so sorry this gorilla over which I have no control has jumped on stage. Forgive me. What if you're presenting someone else's con content? What if you're presenting someone else's content? This situation comes up a lot. Your boss is on vacation. You've just been moved into a new role. There is a last-minute schedule change and you have to deliver somebody else's presentation. <clears throat> In this situation, you're skipping over the content development part of the process. But what you are not going to skip over is the rehearsal process and the opportunity to make this content your own. You still need to identify the super objective, objectives and tactics for this presentation as if this content were your own from the beginning. You need to take these steps as they'll still inform the words that you say out loud. Don't skimp on any of these steps. Don't skimp on any of these steps. The talk through is essential when the content isn't your own. This is when you're going to have to really step into the mindset of an actor You've essentially been given somebody else's words to say and you need to be 
as comfortable saying them as if they were your own. You may have to talk through this material multiple times to find the connections between key points. From there, continue the rehearsal process, the walkthrough and the uh, dress rehearsal, the walkthrough and the dress rehearsal, just as you would for any other presentation. The important piece of homework here is identifying your objectives and tactics. <clears throat> Caution. Presenting means never having to say you're sorry. When presenting on behalf of somebody else or delivering somebody else's material, there is still no need to apologize. Unless you are specifically instructed to do so, for whatever reason, just begin the presentation as if it is your own. Starting with, I'm sorry, Mandy couldn't be here, lowers your credibility with regard to your command of the information and may distract your audience from you. They may be sitting there thinking, hmm, what's Mandy doing today? Hmm, what's Mandy doing today? <coughs> What if you don't care about or aren't connected to the content? This is one of the top questions I get asked when I am facilitating or coaching. Know that if this comes up for you in your professional life, you're not alone. In fact, a lot of actors feel this way about material they, that, they are, that they are performing as well. Thanks to their training, it's doubtful that you'd ever be able to tell. So, what can you do if you don't care about the material? What if you're just not connected to your content? The simple answer is you have to get it there. You have to find something that you resonate with or you might as well not show up. You could just send a written outline of what you would have said and the delivery impact would be about the same. Remember that the presentation isn't about you, it's about your audience. If the content, is, uh, if the content itself doesn't excite you or isn't fun for you to talk uh, about, then the focus on your super objective must be even stronger. It has to become all about how and what you want your audience to do. That's where you will find your enthusiasm. <clears throat> A smart managing box, ask the right question. A client requested our assistance to select which of his employees should present at the next big product launch. We use the opportunity to not only audition prospective speakers, but to educate them as well. We run a mini presentation skills class that uh, taught the essentials and allowed us to identify who had strong potential to be a star. The decision came down to two young managers who were energetic and likable. The client asked me for my recommendation, so I requested a brief one-on-one -on -one meeting with each of them. I asked them one simple question. Do you want this opportunity? This was a big commitment. It was a few weeks of long rehearsal days, a global exposure and adapting to constant script changes. 
Speaker A said, yes, I do. I know how much work this is going to be and it will take time away from my job and family. But the idea of being the, uh, the spokesperson for the launch is really exciting. Speaker B said, I think it will be good for my career. I recommend it. I think it will be good for my career. I recommended Speaker A for the job. As a manager, you need to ask the right question of your team or even yourself. When faced with presenting less desirable content, ask, do you or I want this opportunity? If the answer is anything other than yes, it might be time to give this opportunity to someone else if possible. What if you have to deliver the same information over and over again. I was working with Emily, who was an HR at a large manufacturing company. Every week it was her job to present an hour-long time clock training to new hires and individuals who were not using the time clocks correctly. She hated this presentation. It had to be very specific. There, there were a lot of rules she had to get across and she didn't feel comfortable uh, inserting personal stories. She needed to find a better way to deliver this information so that the audience would actually know how to use the, the time clock and so neither she nor they would be bored out of their mind. She wondered if it could be something she'd look forward to every week rather than dreading it. Emily needed to find her personal motivation. Here is how I led Emily toward it. Me, what do you want your audience to do? Emily, I want them to learn how to use the time clock correctly. Me, so that they want, so that they what? So that they what? Emily, so that they use the time clock correctly. Me, okay. What happens if they don't use the time cor uh, clock correctly? Emily, the reports are wrong. Me, then what happens? Emily, then I have to fix all their mistakes. Me, what does that look like? Emily, I have to go to the weekly reports line by line, find discrepancies, and confirm the actual hours with the workers and their manager. Then I have to go back into the system, fix the hours, and generate another report. Me, how much time a week would you save if every single person used the time clock correctly? Emily, on average, eight hours. Me, arguably, you would save an entire day's worth of work a week if these people were able to use the time clocks correctly. Emily, yes, on average, eight hours, an entire day. Me, what would an entire day back in your work week mean to you? What would an entire day back in your work week mean to you? Emily, well, that would mean I may be able to take lunch a few days a week, or maybe I could leave by five every day and get to the gym. As we continued this conversation, I noticed Emily's face started to brighten and her voice even got a little higher. Her body language opened up and there was noticeable relief on her face. 
we had found her personal motivation. If the presentation had a more impactful delivery, then there would be less mistakes made weekly with the time clocks. This would allow her to embrace the healthier lifestyle she's been wanting. The following week, Emily delivered the presentation with her newfound personal motivation. Just before she began, as she took a breath and stood in her neutral position, she thought about her personal motivation. I had her visualize a healthy lunch and the door to her gym on the wall behind her audience. She called me after the presentation was over. She said that for the first time in the 10 months she'd been delivering that uh, uh, she'd been delivering that content, she smiled. Identifying her personal motivation and keeping that in mind as her end goal really helped. To find your personal motivation, ask yourself, what's my super objective? If the super objective is achieved, what does that look like to me? How do I benefit from the audience achieving this goal? What if you get shorted on time? This happens a lot. It's happened to me many times in many different situations. The preceding speaker goes over time. There was a late start due to technical difficulty. There was a two-hour snow delay and everyone's session is shortened by 20 minutes. This is yet another reason why preparation is key. You have to be very familiar with your content so you can make smart decisions about what to cut when time is tight. The easiest thing, the easiest thing to eliminate is the part that doesn't fully involve you, the question and answer. If you are short on time and you feel it will be a detriment to the presentation to cut anything, then don't include a Q&A. Of course, this means you have to let the audience know during the expectation portion of your introduction. <clears throat> or you could make the decision to cut out a few details and examples and only highlight the most important for information. Identify the top tier, big ideas that are essential to your subject and you want your audience to know. Be sure to offer a way to continue the conversation after the presentation is concluded. What if you're given extra time? The situation is not as common, but it does happen. You can lengthen your presentation time by extending your Q&A. There is a risk in doing this. However, you may be left with even more uh, dead air time if your audience doesn't have any questions. The easiest way to combat this is to take a few minutes prior to the presentation and jot down some, some open-ended discussion questions. That way, if your extended Q&A isn't successful and no one is asking questions, you can become not only presenter, but facilitator. Throw out some thought-provoking questions to the audience, ask for different opinions, and get a good discussion going. If the conversation gets too off track, remember you are the presenter, you are in charge. Rein the audience back in by saying thank you for those thoughts. I want to return to our main point of 
To fix extra time, you can also tell an additional story. It's always a great time filler. You're now a confident storyteller, so go ahead and give it a try. Give your audience another opportunity to get to know you. <coughs> what if you skip a major point? Let's say you make a mistake. Congratulations, you are officially human. Depending on when you realize your mistake, you can take different courses of action to rectify the situation. If you are still presenting and you realize, oops, I totally skipped a section, simply finish up what you are saying and return to the point that you skipped. The key, of course, is to not say, I'm sorry, I forgot this point. I'm going back. Simply state, let's look at uh, this from a different angle or looking back at something I mentioned before or let's continue on one of my points <coughs> you want to let your audience know where you're going without apologizing they'll follow you if you realize you've forgotten something after you're done you could send a follow-up email offering some additional points keep it simple straightforward and unapologetic <coughs> or, <coughs> or simply let it go. Keep it simple, straightforward, and unapologetic, or simply let it go. Remember, your audience wasn't there for your uh, rehearsal process. They don't know how it was supposed to go. If your delivery was compelling and confident, a forgotten point won't even be noticed. <coughs> what if you forgot a prop? I was sitting in the audience at a conference watching one of my clients give a keynote presentation. The lights went down, the entrance, uh, the entrance lyric came up, and his name was announced. He walked on a stage, the entrance uh, uh, lyric, or lyrics came up and his name was announced. He walked on a stage, stood uh, confidently down center, went into a fabulous neutral position and started to tell a story as his attention grapper. Suddenly, mid-story, he said, I'm sorry, I'll be right back. I forgot my remote and ran off stage. His microphone was on, so the entire audience heard him fumbling and digging through things uh, backstage. He started to sound a little panicked about his missing remote. I forgot my remote. Has anyone seen my remote? Do you know where my remote is? These off-stage antics, these off-stage antics took about 45 seconds, but uh, probably felt about 45 minutes long to him. He bounded back on stage he bounded back on stage, smiling with confidence, saying, I got it. Without missing a beat, he continued on with his presentation. Afterward, we sat down to debrief and talk about what wouldn't... Uh, after that, we sat down to de debrief and talk about what would have been a better choice than apologizing to the audience about the missing remote and running off stage to get it. We came up with these solutions. One, just go without. His computer was on stage, so he simply could have controlled the visuals by walking over to his computer 
Now this would have kept him closer to furniture and he would not have been able to execute his well-rehearsed staging. But he, would, but he wouldn't have had this awkward running off and coming back on situation. Two, he could have called it what it was. He could, he could have called it what it was. During his introduction, he could have said, I'm ready to jump into my presentation, but it turns out I've forgotten my remote. Hey, can anyone backstage bring it to me? <coughs> this is risky. Would anybody backstage be listening? Would anybody have brought it to him? However, if someone had, not only would he have his remote, but there might have even been a nice moment for a little humor. Good thing I've got hundreds of these stashed backstage. Three, he could have done what he did. He could have done what he did. Physically walk backstage to look for the remote. He could have done that and continued with his story while he was searching so the audience was at least getting part of the introduction while he was out of sight. If it were me, I would have embraced number one. I would have gone without. No, it wouldn't have been what I'd rehearsed, but I think it's the choice that maintains the highest level of credibility. What if you totally lose your audience? What if you totally lose your audience? If there is a big news event and everybody gets an alert on their mobile device. If there is a big news event and everybody gets an alert on their mobile device, they may start to become distracted. If there has been a big announcement by the speaker before you that everybody's a buzz about or a huge sporting event that's distracting the bulk of your audience during your presentation, acknowledge it, bring it up, talk about it. Find a way to get your audience to focus in on you, even if it's just for a few minutes before they go back to reading and discussing what's on the forefront of their minds. For example, box, conflicting interest. Say you are about to give an important presentation and it just so happens to be during the World Series. You are at a conference in Baltimore and the Orioles are ahead. They would be if I had my way. You've got a lot of hometown sports fans in the crowd, and many people are consumed by the game. To keep from losing your listeners entirely, you could try something like this. Before we get started, I just want to see a show of hands. How many Orioles fans are here today? What a big day for the O's. Anyone know the score, shout it out. Hey, that's great. I know it will be on your minds during the next hour, but please do your best to focus in on me as much as possible. We'll all do the wave together when I am done. <coughs> what if you have a heckler or a hijacker? The bane of stand-up comedians, the bane of stand-up comedians around the world, on occasion you may have one person in your audience who feels 
he simply must be heard. More often than not, this kind of response erupts during smaller presentations or meetings. It takes a lot of nerve to disrupt a keynote. It might be because hacklers disagree with your stance or they think their responses are too hilarious not to share. News flash, they are usually not. Or they feel they know your topic better than you and attempt to take over your presentation. Whatever the reason, a hackler or a hijacker can be a thorn in the side of a presenter. Anyone can simply nod and laugh off a single mo comment. Anyone can simply nod and laugh off a single comment. But if you are faced with persistent uh, dissension from an audience member, call it out and offer to talk more later. Nick, I can see you've got a lot of feelings on this topic. I appreciate that. Can we chat more about them later on so we can cover all the content on the agenda today? If that's not good enough, don't be afraid to politely take a stand. I've got to ask you to hold it back a bit for the benefit of everyone else here. Some folks with an especially quick wit might be tempted to joke back. Some folks with a especially quick wit might be tempted to joke back, but don't feel that you have to join in anyway. Bear in mind, the hackler or hijacker may get a rise out of riling you. You don't have to give him the pleasure. What if, <clears throat> what if you discover an error in your visuals? Sometimes you may be confronted with a blemish on your visuals. This could be due to a proofing mistake on your part or because something is just not working correctly on the tick end. There is an easy method to deal with this, which I refer to as acknowledge and shut it down. Here is a time I found it particularly useful. I was presenting in front of a pretty large group of people with my normal visuals and my well-rehearsed interactive presentation. Just before my session, the meeting planner asked me to switch rooms. She said, don't worry about setting up your computer. We've got one all set up with the projector. Just move your visuals over to the computer sitting on the lectern. So I did. A few clicks into my presentation, I realized my visuals looked very different than they did on my computer. They look kind of jumbled as if I had built them in a very careless manner or, or after a couple of cocktails. Because of the room change, I didn't have an opportunity to check my visuals prior to starting. I made the decision to acknowledge and shut it down by stating, despite what you may think, despite what we, you may think, I did not put the slides together last night at, uh, at uh, I did not put the, the, the slide, last slide together at the uh, restaurant. These are being shown on different system than they were built on. So they look a little jumbled. I'm just going to shut them down. At the end of the presentation, I offered to send the slides to anybody who requested them. In that instance, I knew that my visuals weren't going to be able to do <coughs> their primary job, which was to support me, the speaker. 
they were only going to dis- detract they were on, go, they were only going to detract from my information so rather than struggle against them the best decision was just to take them out what if you need to cancel i'm very much from the school of thought that you must keep calm and carry on but sometimes you have to throw you have to throw in the bowl i've seen lots of successful successful speakers go on with sniffles twisted ankles make sure you have a stool readily available and even low grade uh, fevers if you are feeling confident and think you can rally through by all means do it if you are highly contagious if you think you won't make it through the presentation without really getting sick or you're you're not emotionally up for the challenge due to a major trauma in your life then you need to cancel i have a long time client we'll call her norin who was giving the closing keynote at a two day conference we developed content and rehearsed for weeks this was the big debut of a product that she'd been working on for a long time and she was very excited she was scheduled to fly to new york from the midwest on sunday i was flying in from boston and we were going to rehearse monday before her tuesday presentation sunday morning else Sunday morning she called me and said she had a family emergency and wasn't going to make it in Sunday night. She was now planning to arrive Monday morning. Monday she called to say she was flying in Tuesday morning and could uh, we reschedule. She told me a little bit more about the situation. Her husband had been taken to the hospital with a medical emergency. <coughs> I told her <coughs> I t- I told her <coughs> I told her I admire your tenacity and your willingness to fulfill your obligation but where is your mind going to be tomorrow are you really going to be able to concentrate will you be able to <coughs> will you be able to attend other sessions and talk to other people and gather the information that you need to deliver that you need to deliver the best closing uh, keynote possible she said you're right my mind will be in the hospital room with my husband together we made the decision to cancel although you may not want to once in a while you have to throw in the towel if you choose to cancel for a good reason you will not lower your credibility going on site delivering a presentation that isn't done with your full mind body and energy will for sure lower your credibility and reputation as a speaker <coughs> what if you get surprising feedback post presentation you may be bombarded with many many thoughts from your audience hopefully all glowing accolades if your presentation feedback is positive enjoy it say thank you to those who compliment you there is no need to ask everyone if there is anything they think you can improve save that for a select few chances are you know who they are if for some reason your feedback is unexpectedly negative take a deep breath and take it in a stride if you can ask for clarity from the responders 
what specifically are you reference, referencing? What exactly would uh, you change? But avoid getting defensive. Everyone's got his or her own opinion, and it's just and it's, it's just that an opinion. You don't have to change everything based on one's or one person's opinion. If if you find you get an overwhelming number of certain responses, I couldn't hear you. I couldn't follow your logic. Your visuals were confusing. Take that feedback to the select few mentioned above and discuss. See if there is a way you could have improved those areas and make a plan for next time. What a human life happens, there are always going to be what ifs to consider. What's important is that they don't throw you. As the saying goes, the show must go on. <clears throat> Mistake proofing box. You can't be all things to all people. In the theater, as in life, everyone's got an opinion. Actors hear from actors hear them from directors, critics, agents, managers, other actors, audiences, coaches, and more. But seasoned actors know that if they try to change themselves based on each individual whim, not only would they lose themselves, but they'd never please everyone, no matter how hard they tried. Most actors I know have a small circle of people whose professional opinions do matter to them. You might have a mentor, a past boss, or a trusted colleague you consult with when it comes to surprising feedback. While outside opinions can occasionally be valuable, make use of the uh, network that you trust that knows you. And remember, no matter what, you can't be all things to all people. You can't be all things to all people. <clears throat> Manager's checklist for chapter 12. The unexpected will arise. Remember, don't apologize. Let your audience know what's happening and deal with it calmly. Audiences can be very forgiving. You might not always be presenting your own content or content you actually care about. Rehearsal is especially important for content that's not yours. You still must find your super uh, objectives, objectives and tactics. Find your personal motivation. You can always deal with too much or too little time. Make sure you are so familiar with your content that you can make cuts on the fly. Cutting your Q&A in a tight time situation may be the best option. With extra time, you can always add a story or extend your Q&A. If you lose your audience to a news item or if you've got a hackler slash hijacker, in both situations, acknowledge, acknowledge what's going on. If your hackler gets out of hand, don't be afraid to call him or her out. Should you find an error in your visuals or forget a prop, keep your cool, there is a solution. Sometimes the solution is shutting down visuals or doing without props. No matter what feedback you get, thank those who compliment you. Remember, you don't have to take everyone's opinion into account. Use your trusted network to sort through comments post-presentation.
Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah. Uh, this is the end of uh, chapter 12. Uh, this is Dr. Khalid Ibrahim al-Dosiri from the Mom, Saudi Arabia, uh, reading this chapter to you. Salam. Peace.